What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, welcome to the Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL Show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. He is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. Good day to you, sir. How's it going, Stats? Welcome to the desert wasteland that is the off season. We have begun no. the trek. Um, we have our rations. We have our canteens, <laughs> and uh, we have to survive out here. Um, what do you? Would you rather me pitch the tent or you pitch the tent? No, I can't be relied upon to do any sort of physical activity. Okay, that's fine. You know, whatever. Don't whatever you say want to do. that to people. The off season is not this barren wasteland of nothingness. Okay, we've got we've got the combine coming up in a couple of weeks. We've got free agency coming up after that. We've got the draft. There's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, it's not the same. You know, it never will be the same. But it, yeah, I mean, in a, in many ways, it's better. You know what I mean? Because nothing can happen to prove us wrong. There's that <laughs> element to this whole part of the year. That's true. And like for you, like what do you even have to look forward to? Like, oh, football's back. Here comes another disappointing Cowboys loss. Like, I, so I, I, you should love the off season. You know what, stats? We're supposed to be friends. We're supposed <laughs> to be friends. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Cowboys today. Yes, we are. And yeah, um, let's just say, like, more than ever, I'm looking forward to you know golf this offseason and uh-huh. uh you know that that's kind of that's i mean because even like i'm a manchester united fan like that's not going well i mean like i wanted to get more into baseball this year that's not going well yeah uh, so, so uh let's go golf we got this we're back we might have another football season before we have any more baseball uh we're going to get into mike mccarthy as you said and some other stuff but we want to remind you that the SB Nation NFL show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Make sure you use code SBNNFL. You will get a special offer when you sign up. It's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. There is Cowboys news, as you hinted to, RJ. And we are going to get into that because I got to tell you, as an impartial outside observer... I do not like what is going on inside the Dallas Cowboys organization. And it has led us to a bigger topic today, which is coaches that are going to be on the hot seat going into 2022. And Mike McCarthy, I think because of everything going on in Dallas is clearly one of them. Can you explain to people what's happening? Why are we talking about this? First of all, I do want to say I have a power ranking of my top five head coaches on the hot seat from hottest to least hot. I also have the specific degrees of hot I view them to be, which I'm excited to get into. Um, but um, yeah, and I don't need the pomp and circumstance of like, these are the only number one you know, accurate power rankings across the internet. I don't need that. All right. Like, look, they're my power rankings. I'm confident in them. I'm willing to stand on that and that alone. Uh, so McCarthy is the hottest 
coach on the hot seat in my mind. Uh, the value to which he's hot is you tried to be brave hot, um, which is you ever like stats, you know, you know, before, you know, you got a lovely wife, lovely family. Maybe when you were trying to impress her, you went out to eat and something was hot. And she said, you're going to eat that. That's, you know, that's kind of hot. And you're like, don't worry. I got, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I like hot stuff. You know, I, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm not shying away from this. I can handle it. And then you make this big kind of show about it. And then you take a bite and you're like, holy crap, this is hot. I, I've made a mistake here. You know, I should have listened. That's the hot that this is. Um, the Cowboys should have listened. Um, I do think that Mike McCarthy showed some, some signs of promise. I think he did live up to being a little bit different, uh, but ultimately uh, became the same. And so you mentioned kind of where we're at. The timeline of sorts, I did write about this at blogonthevoice.com, so anybody can kind of go check that out. I encourage you to do that. Always encourage you to check out BTB. But so stats, the Friday after the season ended for the Dallas Cowboys, so the Friday before the divisional round of the playoffs, which they were not in because the frauds that they are, they lost to your San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Uh, Jerry Jones went on 105.3 The Fan, the home of the Dallas Cowboys in the DFW area. This was his last scheduled appearance of the year uh, because he has them throughout the season. And since the season was over, this was his last one. He was asked about the future of Mike McCarthy. Uh, obviously, at the time, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore were interviewing for would-be head coach positions. And he would not commit to Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was offered the chance to multiple different times, and he did not commit. My assertion at the time, personally, uh, when I wrote about this, again, at blogoftheboys.com, you know, we keep you updated on everything going on with America's team. Um, my assertion was that Jerry desperately wanted the Cowboys to be in the A block of NFL Networks and ESPN's divisional round Sunday programming because they were not playing. So they needed that segment to be there, like, are the Cowboys going to bring back Mike McCarthy, blah, blah, blah. So the the following week happens, the 49ers win in the divisional round of the playoffs because the Packers are also frauds, independent of Mike McCarthy. Um, and, uh, And the following Friday, after it has already been reported that Dan Quinn is going to return to the Dallas Cowboys as defensive coordinator in 2022, Jerry Jones again hopped on 105.3 The Fan, although this was a surprise appearance. He let the radio station know he wanted to jump on. He wanted to come on and say his piece. This has happened before. It's it's not supremely common, but, you know, Jer- Jerry often actually will just dial in. You know, the producers <laughs> there will say, holy crap, Jerry's on the phone. Let's get him on. Um, such is, is life for the Dallas Cowboys. But so Jerry comes on at this point. So, again, now we're at the Friday before – conference championship weekend back when your life was still good stats um and so um boy so jerry is all loud and proud about dan quinn returning to the cowboys you know this is exactly what we wanted and he's asked about mike mccarthy because a lot of people read into dan quinn's return as like hey does he view mccarthy to be some sort of lame duck does he think he could be the head coach of this team Whatever the case may be, a lot of people connected Dan to Denver, Chicago. Those jobs were the first to fill. And so who knows what the ultimate motivation for Dan Quinn returning was. But Jerry said, and I'm not being facetious. I'm not being silly. I'm not stretching any truth. You've read the reports as well as I have stats. Again, I curated all this in the article. Um, Jerry Jones said that he purposefully was vague about Mike McCarthy's job status so as to increase the team's chances of retaining Dan Quinn. Now, again, he purposefully jumped on the radio to pound his chest about this. And not only did he purposefully jump on the radio, but he also leaked it because at the same time that he was giving this interview on 105.3 The Fan, it was also reported as a Dallas Morning News exclusive. So Jerry really cared about this narrative being out there that this was his grandmaster plan all the time. If you somehow buy this 
faulty logic, you know, okay, hey, you know, good for you. But it is also contradictory to how he handled Kellen Moore because he was also saying, we want Kellen Moore back, et cetera, who was still interviewing for the Dolphins head coaching job along with Mike McDaniel. And at the same time of this interview, Jerry comes out. I know there's a lot going on here, and I'll give you a chance. He says, I was purposely vague about Dan Quinn to help keep Mike McCarthy around. But now that Quinn's back, let me tell you, Mike McCarthy, he's coming back. You created this narrative, not me. I'm Mike McCarthy's going to be back. All the while, Kellen Moore is still technically in the running for the Dolphins job, again, contradicting his own line of logic. So that's part of where we're at, your question so far. Well, just think about what Jerry is puffing his chest out that he has done right so essentially what he's saying is he sort of hung his head coach out to dry he created a whole news cycle of will mike mccarthy be back with the cowboys he also at the same time essentially kind of deceived his defensive coordinator about maybe possibly hey you're going to be the head coach and then when oh all the ink is dry on the contract you're like just kidding you're still going to be the defensive coordinator and you're going to be the head coach ha ha i'm a genius like no wonder you haven't been to an NFC championship game since 1995. Um, Bob Sturm, who is is a, a legend, obviously, at the ticket in Dallas and, and writes for The Athletic. I know you've had him on at Niners Nation as well. Um, he had a great article around this time that was called It Comes With the Dinner. Um, just, just kind of like that's life when you're the Dallas Cowboys head coach because what did not help matters at this point in time was Sean Payton retired from the New yes. Orleans Saints. And so that happened in between these two interviews. And so Jerry's now, you know, boasting about his foolproof <laughs> strategy um, and also being asked about Sean Payton. And because Sean is no longer the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, he can comment a little bit more freely because anytime, you know, a player or a coach is under contract, another owner can't comment on them for fear of fine. And so, you know, again, I will say he did do his best to squash that. And the Payton stuff isn't really the Cowboys' fault. I mean, you know, people are going to run with that narrative as much as they want, although they've kind of breathed life into that over the last, I don't know, 15, 16 years. And so this is kind of the, the chickens coming home to roost in, in that sense. But so, I mean, Jerry effectively admits, to your point, that, the, you know, I used McCarthy as this, like, you know, pawn uh to, to keep and even if like you buy that like what was your selling point to quinn was like hey this dude sucks like you right. you know i might fire him like you can come on back um you're gonna be so we're gonna be so bad as a team that we're gonna fire mccarthy great the disconnect i've had in this whole thing and I don't want to speak ill of Dan Quinn. I'm a big fan of his. And, you know, if he winds up being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, I, I don't think that's the worst net result in the world. But I don't think we've examined enough what it says about him that he was like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take this. Cool. You know, because again, he seemed to have been under some impression that Mike McCarthy's job was in jeopardy. So, okay, now let's catch up to this week. On Tuesday, out of nowhere, Mike McCarthy jumps on the Rich Eisen show, which can be streamed on Peacock, and you can see all the segments on YouTube and all the normal places you get stuff. Um, and and I'll give Rich a lot of credit, like directly asked him about this and and, and talked about kind of the, the frontal nature of all of this. Uh, and, and McCarthy specifically said that these are unusual circumstances that he's never had to deal with before. Um, he, he, he did say there's no like air of awkwardness between him and Dan Quinn. He did say that he and Jerry have spoken. He said that things got a little personal and that he would leave it at that. 
Um, but it was very clearly an interview where Mike McCarthy expressed a lot of frustration that this is what it is. And I do think that Mike, in his heart of hearts, has to accept that he can't do anything about the Sean Payton thing. Again, like, you know, that's that's a Cowboys ex that, that is going to always be a flame no matter what. Like, no, no matter what success he has, if Sean Payton is around, it's always going to be something that, that stirs the pot in Dallas. So I, I don't think that that bothers him. But I think the Quinn thing does. And I think being made to look like some fool does. I mean, look, I, I know you're not high on Mike McCarthy. He is one of the very few men in the history of this earth that has won a Super Bowl as a head coach in the NFL. I mean, and I would like him to start acting like that with Jerry Jones. I would like him to put that ring on Jerry's desk and say, I have done something that you have not. I have two playoff wins in your building as the opposing team. You have three in, in the history of this building as the home team. And so I would like you to respect me because you hired me. And and I, I there's so many like conflicting variables here because I like, again, I, I want to see Mike McCarthy, Frank Sinatra, this thing. I want to see it be his way. And I'm not saying I believe that that's going to be a good thing or yield a positive result. But if you're McCarthy, I think his future is on the line as an NFL head coach. If this goes south, I think the perception is going to be he is the slam duck. Aaron Rodgers was right. Like, he's just – he was Jerry's puppet. Like, you know, whatever. And if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm not handing the ball off to Zeke 20 times a game because Jerry wants to sell more T-shirts and jerseys of him. I'm going out the way I believe this needs to happen – and if I fail, cool. But at least I know that I did it on my terms. And I think, honestly, he's getting ahead of himself on this. I, I think that the, the move to go on Rich's show was a proactive measure by McCarthy. Start pushing this narrative of, this is crazy around here. You know, like, this this is not on me. This is on Jerry. And this is completely on Jerry. Again, McCarthy has his faults. But Jerry has created this circus now to where McCarthy's job, which was already going to be in jeopardy, is this, like, punchline. And that, at the very best, is illogical. But at the very worst, is pretty cruel. McCarthy is already preparing for failure. He's already trying to manage the narrative for when things don't work out. And that's not good, RJ. And I will just say this. If you go back in the history of the Jerry Jones era in Dallas, the only times the Cowboys have won, the only times when they've had a head coach that says, screw you, Jerry, I'm doing it my way. Jimmy Johnson did not listen to Jerry Jones. He did his own thing. And guess what? The Cowboys were a dynasty, team of the 90s, and Jerry hated it because Jerry wasn't getting enough credit. And as soon as he could, he pushed Jimmy Johnson right the hell out of there. Bill Parcells said, Jerry, I'm doing what I want to do. And the Cowboys were very, very successful. Jerry Jones is the problem. He picks the coaches. He bosses the coaches around. He wants to be the coach but he will never make himself the coach. And so he does this kind of shadow coach thing and the Cowboys are worse off for it. And I think no coach goes into this season in 2022 on a hotter seat than Mike McCarthy, especially now that Zach Taylor has gotten to a Super Bowl. Nobody goes in with a hotter seat than Mike McCarthy. This whole situation is clearly setting it up that way. And I just think this whole era is doomed. McCarthy lied to Jerry Jones to get the job by telling him he went back and watched every game. Now you got Jerry lying to Dan Quinn, telling him he's going to be the coach and waiting to get him to re-sign his defensive coordinator. Like, how is this going to work out, RJ? I, I think Jerry would love it to work out 
you know, in, in a world where Sean Payton is their head coach and Dan Quinn is their defensive coordinator. I've talked about before, this is something that BLG and I chat a lot about on the NFC East mixtape, but you can listen to on, on any NFC East um, team feed here at SB Nation. Um, hope is not a strategy. Like people say that all the time, right? But it is actually stupid to bank on well sean payton will just come coach this next year why like because he has a house in dallas like that's like you know like <laughs> <laughs> didn't like nastiel you can live in dallas once like she gonna be the head coach of the cowboys you know like we just li- you know limiting this to like residents of the the metropolis of dfw you know like and like something I, i've posited to blg is like what if what if andy reed retires next year you know like like you're sean you're sean payton you can go coach patrick mahomes or, or go where you have a house like they got houses in kansas city you know like <laughs> like what if what if sean McVay returns this year i know that uh his fiance uh, posted on instagram that he was going to and retires next year you know like so what what if what if brandon staley gets fired i'm not saying he's not on my top five hot list but like crazy things happen and so right. like this this idea you know like I'm sorry to throw you under the bus stats, but like you all offseason last year, you're like, I'm convinced Aaron Rodgers is not going to be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Russell Wilson is not going to be the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. And guess what happened? Both those things. And so like the world will be so much different a year from now than it is at this particular moment in time. And so that's not a strategy. And it's also like, again, I would I would feel fine with Dan Quinn in a vacuum. But I would hate the process of getting there, and it would feel so. It would it would feel like just part of the same funk. If a year from now they fired Mike McCarthy and promoted Dan Quinn to being the head coach, it, it would just be this like gross, you know, like it it would feel it would be just a larger level of the disease, and that has nothing to do with Dan Quinn. But man, I mean, I cannot think of a year where the Cowboys have had a worst start to their offseason. I, I think. People are at this high level of apathy when it comes to them, as it is. People are depressed. I tweeted this out on Super Bowl Sunday uh, night. The Rams have stats won a Super Bowl as two different franchises since the Dallas Cowboys last even appeared in an NFC Championship game. Um, they have won two Super Bowls as two different franchises since the 49ers won a Super Bowl, though, just to be clear. Um, but um, <laughs> sorry. But anyway, I, I mean, th- this, this is – Again, I don't want to shed responsibility or blame from Mike McCarthy. He is very deserving of criticism. But I don't know any coach that could operate under these circumstances. And so you're to your point, you're already at somewhat of a disadvantage because you have Mike McCarthy. But now you've got this going on. Nobody could handle this. No, nobody can. It, it's it's a circus. It's pandemonium. It's chaos. And and I mean, there's there's no accountability happening anywhere. But in a few months, Forbes will release their rankings of the world's most valuable sports franchises, and the Dallas Cowboys will be number one. Boom, baby. That's the only title Jerry Jones really cares about. And as long as that is the case, you are not going to have success on any sort of sustained level with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got the rest of your list of coaches on the hot seat. We'll see if I agree. We'll see if you left anyone off. I have three other coaches on my list. So hopefully you agree with mine. Otherwise, you'll be wrong. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on the Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, RJ, Mike McCarthy is obviously the hottest coach or the coach on the hottest seat, let's say, going into 2022. Who is your next hottest seat? So again, I offered specific degrees of calculation of how hot, you know, these coaches' seats are. That would be nice to see, you know, when seats? it comes to other other power rankings on, you know, the NFL show here at SB Nation. Like, it would be nice rather than just, like, a number. Like, that's so lazy. You know what I mean? Put some effort into something. You know what I mean? Like, Can qualify what that... Qualify what that number means. Anyway, uh, number two for me. Uh, so number one was Mike McCarthy. It was you tried to be brave hot. Again, we've all done there. We've you know, done that. We've all been there. Number two, Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera. Um, this is they told you not to eat it hot, right? Like, you, you know, <laughs> like they told you they, they said stats like this. This pepper is from the southernmost part of wherever where like it's grown just in the Amazon and they are dedicated to growing the hottest peppers in the world. And you were like, who cares? Like, I, I'm not I'm going to ignore your advice entirely. Ron, respect, like honestly, truly, legitimately respect. You have tried to use your high character to revive a franchise that is completely absent of any. And I do think that you have given it a bit of a heartbeat, but it is too big of a project for one human being to command, no pun intended. Um, and so, <laughs> I mean, this is year three. Like, you know, the, you, the name changes over. Like, you know, like you, you've got to have a quarterback now. Like th this is this is a massive year for, for Ron Rivera. And if they don't get it right, I mean, I don't see how he's he's around next year. Do you know he's the longest tenured coach in the NFC East? Yeah, that is pretty wild. But by, by a day. Uh, and and if if he and McCarthy are fired, then Nick Sirianni would be the longest tenured coach in the <laughs> NFC. That's crazy. So you said something before we went to break about McCarthy that I think absolutely applies to Ron Rivera. You said no one could thrive in this environment. And I would say, well, give me the coach that's going to thrive in the environment in Washington. Your owner is pretty much like one step away from being booted out of the league, essentially. Literally, there's a congressional committee investigating Daniel Snyder's work environment there that he oversaw in Washington. Their quarterback went down. They haven't had a quarterback in forever. Like, who is the head coach that's going to win a ton of games there? Not to, to say that Ron Rivera has done this amazing job, but he's won seven games in both of his years there. I don't know. I didn't have Ron Rivera on my list. Not that I think that he should be like, no questions asked, super secure. But I, I don't know that any coach, like you were saying, can go in there and is going to, you know, win 9, 10, 11 games. Because it has to happen at this point. Like, if the, the I hate to use this as like a data point, but the off the field things for the commanders are not going anywhere, right? Like, they are stuck in that. So the only thing they have 
is on the field and somebody's head has to roll if if there's no success this season it's not going to be jason wright who i don't necessarily believe in as their team president at least from a p everything he has touched from a pr angle this offseason <laughs> or this in the last year has been a disaster and so like th there's a lot of vitriol boiling up there's a lot of anger and frustration boiling up among I, I don't know if there are any commanders fans left um the tiny nucleus of commanders fans and like it has to be directed somewhere right like this, this is like a dam and and the water is breaking through and it has to escape through one place and so who what who what change can be made you know like what 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 can happen within that organization to signify change is happening change is on the way they're not going to move on from jason right they're obviously not going to move on from daniel snyder uh, of their own free will i mean so like it has to be somebody there has to be some sacrificial lamb so to speak to say we are trying to be better and that could be ron rivera i think yeah, he has he has to, the, the division is so bad like how can you not be good i mean it's and and you you look like the least competent team which in a division that now includes the new york giants i mean like it's yeah what's attractive about going to washington and being the head coach there like who are you going to get that's going to be a better coach than ron rivera and i i I'm fascinated to see because all the reports are, I mean, Rivera has come out and said it. He, he always goes to radio row, by the way, Ron Rivera is at radio row more than I was uh, the past few years. I he thought said, it was ridiculous. They made him wear that letterman jacket. Yeah. I mean, week. that's that was terrible. Silly. But he said like, they're going to get a quarterback. They're going to swing big and they're going to get a quarterback. So I think it's, if that happens, if that's the plan, let's see what they do. And let's see who they get. And I say you give Rivera another year with whoever they get with this quarterback. And if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't have a winning record and you want to make a change, okay. But to me, I don't think Ron Rivera should be on the hot seat. Okay. Well, you want to hear my number three, which I would bet is your number two? Okay. Okay. So this level of hot is the salsa at the table before the meal the chips and salsa that come you know a little spicy you got a nice little kick because not everything can be like scalding hot you know what i'm saying like the only scalding hot situation is mike mccarthy uh but so this is like okay you know i need a couple of sips of water in between you know whatever it is arizona cardinals head coach cliff kingsbury am i right that he's your number two uh i think that he's you're not giving him enough heat there I mean, so you, you're talking about a quarterback uh, coach. Who's that's what I'm saying. Oh, so you're saying my measurement of hot is wrong. Yeah, I think his seat is very hot. Okay. Your your team has flopped at the end of seasons in your tenure with the Cardinals, and you've alienated your franchise quarterback. Like, what's See, going on with them right now? Kyler Murray's talking all sorts of trash on Instagram. You got Chris Mortensen leaking this report that they think that Kyler is selfish and entitled but also that they think that things are going to be cool by the start of the regular season. I'm sorry, man. I think Cliff Kingsbury's seat is very hot, especially when, by the way, you're in the NFC West, the toughest division in football. You got to do better than what Cliff Kingsbury has done. Everything he has touched has seemingly soured. So two things here. One, the only thing I won't run with you completely on is the Kyler thing. Uh, about like Cliff having alienated him. I say this as a fight in Texas Aggie, so I can admit that I have been burned by Kyler Murray before. But I mean, Kyler kind of ran away from Texas A&M. I mean, he kind of ran away from from the tough SEC. He kind of ran away to the Big 12, where he could run around, right? Like, I mean, he, you know, everything that that Chris Mortensen reported, you know, some people believe to be true of Kyler Murray. A lot of Aggies felt about Kyler Murray at the time, is what I'm saying. So like, there is some 
action in Kyler's past that would suggest that he is the common denominator as far as that particular issue is concerned. Maybe Cliff has exacerbated the issue to your point, but again, like in, because of Kyler's past at the collegiate level, I'm willing to kind of not place the full blame for that on Cliff. However, I do have a question for you with regards to this, because you mentioned being in the NFC West and you mentioned Zach Taylor a little while ago, by the way, when we did, uh, hot seat power rankings last year he was my number one uh Mm -hmm. so shout out to me although i did have mike zimmer up there so you know i still landed the plane but is cliff kingsbury the least successful sean mcveigh disciple uh maybe because you got matt lafleur zach taylor right like cliff and and cliff was the one who was touted as like the disciple right like he was the one who was touted as like the dude and he's not i mean that's you know Like, I'm not saying that Kyler is blameless in this whole thing. I I do think there is, he shares some of the blame, but here's the thing. Don't forget, Cliff knew Kyler coming in. Yes. Right. This was like the handpicked guy. You knew what you were getting into before this happened. You knew that that was going to be something that you would have to manage. And clearly he has failed given where things are at this point with that franchise. And I'm sorry. I think Cliff Kingsbury's seat should be very, very warm. And I think that Steve Kime's seat should be warm. I don't know how Steve Kime has a seat left at this point. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> the, dude, the Cardinals are such a disaster. And, like, they got so many things, like, that delivered way over expectation last season. Like, I mean, I would, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of his, but I just really doubt that James Conner has the success in 2022 that he had last year. Like, all those things will regress to the mean. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I wouldn't be stunned if Cliff is the first coach fired. And, and like, but that that's a little bit different. Like I think McCarthy won't be because the circus always goes on in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Like they won't they won't get rid of the tickets to the show. But Cliff, I think, could be. I mean, th- that is a really really bad situation. And to be clear, my measurement of hot was just in line of the ranking. So you know that's why you know if you're super Don't try duper and backtrack. No, 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 no. Like look, stats is my ranking. You know if you want to come up with your own you know, next time, maybe do some more prep work before the show. That's up to you. But you know I <laughs> I did the work um okay so we're so he was your number two though right after mccarthy yes okay so you're on three i'm on four are you ready to hear who number four is sure okay this head coach the level of hot it's the first sip call it coffee tea maybe hot water and it was too hot you know what i'm saying like you, you were too anxious and it's like oh it's like now, now your tongue's burned and next thing you eat it's going to be funny because you got the tip of your <laughs> tongue burned um frank Reich. Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich it th- there's a level of wow this is so impressive like he's managed to do it without a quarterback all these years in a row why can't he find one <laughs> like you know like there's I, I realize the Andrew Luck thing is is its own thing and dude that was so long ago at this point like we got to stop acting like like they still deserve like some benefit from that like it was so long ago at, at this point um Okay, fine. You find Philip Rivers. Cool. They traded for Carson Wentz. They were not saddled with Carson Wentz. They did not have to make lemonade out of lemons. They they went to the store and they not only bought the lemons, but they like took out a loan to pay for the lemons, which is so <laughs> stupid. And now they're trying to like wave this flag of like, we're victims. Like we're stuck. Like Carson doomed us. Like, no. This is your fault. You knew who he was. The whole world knew who he was, and you ignored them. Frank Reich, you said, I'm the guy. I, like, 
I love Frank Reich, the human being. I really do. And I, I want to make that very clear. But there is a huge level of arrogance to that that nobody wants to put at the feet of Frank Reich, that he said, I can fix him. I'm the man. I'm the one who made Carson Wentz the MVP candidate that he was in 2017, the reason the Eagles had all that success. I am the one. I can do this. And you didn't. And and, and he, he proved you completely wrong. It blew up in your face. Like, that has to have an impact on somebody. I'm so glad you included Frank Reich on your list because I had in my mind and I was like, I don't know if people, they don't think of him like that. You know, this is going to be his fifth year in Indianapolis. He's 37 and 28, which is not a bad record by any stretch of the imagination. No, there and, has and they, been some. They've done some impressive things. Totally. Right. And there's been some on quarterback uncertainty that is not his fault, but you said it. This was the year that that was supposed to stop because you got this guy you were supposed to fix him and not only did you not fix him you got one of the great running back seasons in the history of the nfl and you still didn't make the playoffs because you went out in week 18 against at that time a two-win jacksonville jaguars team with an interim head coach and you couldn't beat them to get into the playoffs you were worse than the year before it now costs you a first round pick for a guy that you're going to get rid of this offseason, which, by the way, I actually give the Colts credit for that. Sure. Because at least they are admitting their mistake and they're going to move on. But the fact that you have to do that, this is a move that was second-guessed by a lot of people, RJ. Certainly Brandon Lee Gowden from uh, the Espionation NFL show was second-guessing it at the time. I was second-guessing it at the time. This is not hindsight here. There are many, many people that were like, what the hell are the Colts thinking? And this has to be laid at the feet of Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, and he absolutely should be on the hot seat. I'm so glad that you included him on your list. Uh, well, thank you, first of all. I know I'm a hero. Uh, but two things here. One, I, I don't think you bagged on them enough for the loss of the Jaguars. Because, it, <laughs> it, no, it, but in, in a serious sense, everything you said, right? Like, like let's just, you know, repeat everything you said. And it was, what was the, like, he hasn't won there since 2014, or they haven't won there since 2014. Like, you lived up to the meme and and that's like that's my huge problem with the cowboys right now it's like you are living up to the meme of who people think you are if if you live up to a meme in any aspect of life it's a huge l on your forehead and that's who the cowboys are right now to be very clear but like it was that was all the talk all week long how they haven't he's never swept the jaguars they haven't won there etc cetera, etc cetera, blah 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 that was their only win last year the jaguars at home against the colts on and on and on and on and on and like you could not overcome that like you you had all like call it like you know I mean, like loose football narrative jargon. You had all that to work with and, and be like, nobody thinks we can do this, blah, blah, whatever. And you completely and totally folded in that moment. Like that is horrible <laughs> coaching. I mean, like, and, and it's, it's, I, it's a double-edged sword because I agree with you. I do respect that they're willing to get out of Carson Wentz now, but it is embarrassing that you made this bed. It was so predictable like that's why i don't think Sean, part of the reason i think sean payton will be a head coach of the cowboys is because it's too predictable like like these predictable things never happen you know what i'm saying like we, we always say like oh next year like x and y are gonna happen because boom that makes all the sense in the world those things never happen but it was like you know the eagles were like hey like, it remains amazing they got a first round pick for him but that they got a first round pick from the most predictable team to acquire him is laughably bad from the Colts in this situation um so yeah I mean kudos to you guys you've you know you've, you've had some some nice moments you've you've been you know the plucky little rascals that have won you know games and been to the playoffs in spite of certain circumstances whatever but I mean 
at a certain point, it's like, dude, and I, I hope that Doug Peterson drags them this year. Like, I, I want that to happen <laughs> because I, I think it's unfair that Frank Reich gets more credit for that than Doug Peterson does. I, I really do. I mean, I would love to see Doug Peterson have success. I know I said two things. I forgot what the second one was because the first one upset me so much. That's okay. You have brought this up, and I, I have to agree with you. The two coaches that do not get any credit for their Super Bowl wins are Mike McCarthy and Doug Peterson. Like, I don't know why the only team really that cared to look into Doug Peterson this offseason was the Jags. Like, that basically, that stuns me. I think they made a great hire, uh, and I agree. I don't think that, I think that Peterson gave a lot of credit to his coaching staff himself, and so I think that kind of took over, and, like, he got less credit than some of the other uh, guys that have won a Super Bowl. But I agree. The Colts should be dragged. I've even heard that the Colts are are you know in consideration to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Mike Sando of the Athletics said that he called the Colts a sleeper team for that. Like if you do that, Indianapolis, you get what you deserve. I'm just gonna say that right now. I think Frank Reich deserves to be on the list. I think he is on the list, and we'll see. I mean, you, hell, you've got Jim Irsay talking about how they're gonna win multiple Super Bowls. Remember when Andrew Lockett was like, "We're not just gonna win one." We're going to win multiple Super Bowls. Now they can't even make the playoffs because they couldn't beat the Jags at the end of the season. People don't drag the Colts enough, honestly. And I don't know if it's like the Midwest vibe or like people just kind of like it's a soft team in people's minds. But like Chris Ballard's the rivalry is back on. That is one of the dumbest moments in recent (laughs) NFL history. And nobody remembers it. Like like people roast tos that's my quarterback more than that and like that that was like i've never like this is a whole separate subject i've never understood that. like that that was like actually completely like sincere and love you know what i'm saying and people have always criticized to for you know destroying the relationship with his quarterback yet the moment he's made the most fun of for is for actually respecting and going to bat for his quarterback but my, so like that aside chris yeah chris like the rivalry isn't on it was never a rivalry they own you like it's it's not it's not a rivalry at all it's just them owning you over and over and over again well Peyton did the higher the stakes in the playoffs against the Patriots the better Peyton Manning did but Chris Ballard doesn't have anything to do Peyton with that. had the one playoff win over them the 06 AFC championship game. as a Colt we're talking about as a Colt like because this is this is Chris okay, Ballard's you're, like so oh, you're not you know. including the other parts but right. Chris Ballard didn't have anything to do with the, the Colts then why Patriots. say the rivalry's back on at all like if you had nothing to do with it then why is it a rivalry for you I mean I thought it was a funny line considering they wanted to hire the Patriots coordinator and then he left them at the altar I thought it was a funny line but you're right it's not much of a rivalry all right so I hope, Frank by, sorry, sorry really quickly I hope the Raiders also so drag them this year. I hope I hope Josh McDaniels hangs 50 on them. And, and <laughs> the, I, I just the Colts are so annoying to me. And so I, I really hope that that happens. They basically had the Johnny Unitas era and the Peyton Manning era. And in between those two eras, what were they? Um, they were the team with blue face masks. That's it. That's they, all had they had a flash in the pan with Jim Harbaugh as quarterback. And that's pretty much it. Like, that's what I think of when I think of the Colts. So, you know, Maybe they're not this like great franchise where Jim Mercer should be talking about winning multiple Super Bowls. All right, RJ, we are heading through your list here. Do you have someone else on your yeah, hot so seat? Yeah, I, so I, well, I had five. You only had four we discussed, and you did not have Ron Rivera. So maybe this – I like. I don't know that you're going to have this one as your last one. And to be very clear, it was very tough to even build a top five. If you because, don't have this person, your list is terrible. Um, well, so to be very clear – um it was tough to build a top five because there are nine new head coaches uh, so we couldn't pick any of them there's a handful of coaches that are kind of off the chopping block like it's just a permanent truth um so this was mine now to be very 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 clear this is my measurement of hot it's the um 
it's not all mints, but there are certain mints that when you eat them, there's like a hot aftertaste in your throat. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like, it, like maybe that, like, and I wouldn't say hot, but it's like a hot cool. You know, like if you tried to drink water after eating that mint, it like burns you. You know what I'm talking about? No, but tell me who's on your list. So that's the type of hot this is. It's really not that hot, but I had to get to a fifth because I didn't want to list a four like you, you weirdo. Um, Robert Sala, New York Jets. And oh a lot my of that, God, are you dude, what? But, like because the like what 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 do the Jets have this this one season? And you're right, like there, there needs to be time, whatever. But we see teams move on after coaches in in two years. You know, like we you know we have Mike McCarthy being moved on from after maybe three years. I mean, so like I think Robert Sala again. It was very difficult to find a fifth one. So I'm very anxious to hear. No, who it wasn't. Do. I'm it, stunned that you left this person off. But let's talk about Sala a little bit. I I mean, what what what's different about them? than than from when he took over the mike white win over the afc champion Bengals. that's it like that's the one thing like zach wilson did not look good i mean who who's who has a, a more promising nfl future zach wilson or, or davis mills i don't know but the fact that it's even a question isn't a huge indictment of the jets i mean first of all <laughs> hold on zach wilson looked better at the end of the year than he did at the beginning of the year that's mm. progress you drafted a rookie quarterback He's in his Robert Sala is in his first year taking over a terrible team. I just don't see how you can put Robert Sala on the hot seat. Now, if he has another terrible year next year and the Jets are picking top five, then I think he goes into year three. Absolutely on the hot seat. I don't give a coach. You could go winless in your first year. And I don't I don't hold that against you. Like you are the coach there because the team was hideously bad. That's generally how new coaches get hired. So I'm not going to bang on you too much for your first year. He was four and 13. Obviously that's not great, but let's see what he does in year two. This is a big year for Robert Sala. How does Zach Wilson look? Does he look any better? What do they do this off season? Do they add some offensive linemen to help Zach Wilson? Cause God knows he needed it. So, okay. so here's my question. Do the jets win at least five games next year? I don't know. Let me know if, if you had, if you had to guess that today, like just, just play the game. If, 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 do you think they win at least five games? Yeah, I think they could win five. But is you think it's like maybe it's like a 50-50 proposition? They win five or, or more, right? It's very, yeah, very five to seven, I could see. Okay. So, but it's also possible that they have four wins, right? Like again, like they could be the same team next year, right? They could be, certainly. Okay. Yeah. So if they have fewer if they have five or fewer wins, even if they have five wins, he will have as many wins in his two seasons as Adam Gase. If he has five wins. Right. That's like, that's bad. <laughs> like, that, like, and some of this is like, he'd, he'd be a victim of circumstance because, you know, it, kind of like the, the Giants Joe Judge situation, right? Like, we don't want to fire head coach after two years for the third time in a row, whatever, blah, blah. But like, it would not look good for Robert Sala. And maybe that serves your point. Like, well, that's why he'd be entering the hot seat in year three. But you fired Adam Gase after nine wins in two seasons. Robert Sala would have nine wins in two seasons. He would have less than nine wins if he has fewer than five wins this season. So, I mean, again, some of it is the circumstances of the Jets, and some of it is kind of like what we talked about Ron Rivera and, and Mike McCarthy to a degree. Like, that's just a volatile situation. But that's why, like, factoring in all of the variables, I put Robert Sala on the list. I See, you can't judge a coach on how they look this early in their tenure. Don't forget, Rex Ryan— You're judging made... Mike McCarthy for the same reason. It's been two years. No, I'm judging Mike McCarthy on who he's always been. Robert Sala's mm -hmm. never been a head coach before this year. Go so back clear, and look at— this this was the one I felt the least. It was hard to get to five. So who's no. who, who's your magic who's your magic Hold name? On. I left out. I want to make this Jets point before we move on. If you go back and look at the history of Jets coaches, you cannot judge them early in their tenure. 
Herm Edwards made the playoffs his first two years as Jets head coach. Eric Mangini made the playoffs his first year as Jets head coach. Rex Ryan made the AFC title game his first two years as Jets head coach. Todd Bowles won 10 games his first year as Jets head coach. Adam Gates was seven and nine. But I'm saying the Jets coaches have a history of looking good early and then turning out to be pumpkins. So let's not judge Robert Sala. If he looks bad early, maybe he can turn into, I don't know, the opposite of a pumpkin. Something good. So Herm Edwards, Eric Mangini, Rex Ryan, Todd Bowles, and Adam Gase all had more successful first seasons than Robert Sala. So all what? of them. So he's had the worst start to a Jets head coaching career in recent NFL history. Like, so I don't know how you're like stunned that he's on the list. Maybe you disagree, but this idea like, whoa, this is completely out of nowhere. Aliens just landed. Like, no, like it's it's valid to a certain degree. Al Al Groh was nine and seven the year before Herman Edwards took over. Okay, Eric Mangini took over a four win team. Rex Ryan took over a nine win team. Todd Bowles took over a four win team. Robert Sala took over a two win team. You're not going to be able to turn the roster over enough in one year. And he won twice as many games. Todd Bowles took over a four win team, won 10 games. Adam Gase took over a four win team, won seven games. Even Adam Gase improved. I mean, again, I'm not saying Robert Sala is a worse head coach than Adam Gase because I have a brain. I wouldn't say that. But what I'm saying is like this, like, holy crap, RJ, why is this a talking point? Like, it's, you know, look, again, look, nine coaches were eliminated off the bat. Like, another five are eliminated off of being great head coaches. Another five are also pretty good head coaches. So, like, the it starts to get thin around here, you know? So, it's my, you it's are, my fifth. You are completely wrong. Robert Sala should not have been on your list this year. I can't wait Next to hear year? why you have Dennis Allen on the list. Let's go. No. <laughs> I'll pop it on the screen for you, RJ. Oh, I didn't. I This was a huge oversight. I uh, can't believe I missed this. Wow. This, I, I apologize. This this goes ahead of Robert Sala. This is my bad. This could yeah. have been the head coach of the Jets. Matt Rule. Carolina Actually, Panthers. Sorry. So I put, let me, I'll put Matt Rule above Ron Rivera. I might even put him above yeah. Mike McCarthy. Yeah, um, I mean, he's... all. Oh, sorry, all three of those head coaches, McCarthy, Rivera, uh, Rule, all hired in 2020, by the way. He's absolutely... He has to go on the list. 10 and 23 in two years with the Panthers. The Sam Darnold move, I, I, I will never understand it. I will never understand just acquiring him in general. But then when you go back and look at what they actually gave up, They gave up multiple picks to acquire Sam Darnold and then immediately picked up his fifth-year option. Why? At least with Carson Wentz, RJ. At least with Wentz, you could say he has had some period of very high-level performance. Sam Darnold has never had that. He's never been remotely good as an NFL quarterback, and you gave up three picks to get him, and you picked up his fifth-year option. Uh, what the hell are you thinking if you're Matt Rule? And and this is the bigger thing. Because like I said, 10 and 23 in two years. What is the thing that you point to if you're Matt Rule? Where, where can I attach my grappling hook if I'm a Panthers fan to the anchor of hope that we can climb this thing and get to where we want to go? What is the single thing? Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy. They have no plan at quarterback. What is the thing that you point to if you're Matt Rule and say, this is why I should still be here? Let me be very clear about a few things. One, huge miss on my part. (laughs) So uh, to be very clear, my list 
I Robert Sala is the, the sixth man of the year on my list. All right. But my list, top to bottom, number one, Mike McCarthy, number two, Matt Rule, number three, Ron Rivera, number four, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, and then Frank Reich survives at number five. Um, and again, Robert Sala. So you happy? Feel content now? I apologize, Stats. You were right here. All right. Yeah. Good? I mean, can you say that into my good ear? Like- well, look, I mean, look, I, all I'm saying is like there's some consternation about Robert Sala, but you're right. Okay. I Look, to be clear, Stats didn't totally prep me for this show, everybody. This is his <laughs> fault. All right. Like I didn't have enough time to really look over things. Um, and then before the show, he wanted to, you know, mess around and talk about all sorts of stuff anyway, but whatever. Um, okay. So that's the first thing. Second thing is the only thing that Matt Rule has is an excuse. That's it. And so like, I'm about to say this and it's not, I'm, I'm not caping for Matt Rule, but if, if you're David Tepper and I'm Matt Rule and you're like, why should I keep you around? I would say, well, look, dude, when you hired me, Christian McCaffrey had never missed a game in his NFL career. That's the team I signed on to coach. Let me stop you right there, coach. Well, look, look, hang on. Let me, you know, I let let you make your Robert Sala point. I interrupted a lot, but I let you make it. I'm David (laughs) Tepper. I'm your boss. Okay. You're telling me your excuse is that your running back the most injured players in the NFL. I acknowledge it wasn't a good defense. To be very clear. No, I mean, like, that's – and, like, hey, NFL teams, don't draft running backs high. Don't pay running backs. Like, maybe that's the line of logic. Look at Jonathan Taylor, to your point, although not, like, a low-round pick, but still. Uh, and the Colts will probably overpay him. But, I mean, look, I, again, th- that's it. Like, that, <laughs> so that's his lifeline. It's not a good one, but it's not even a, a bad one. It's an awful one, but that, that's the only thing he has is to say – I don't have the the team that I thought I did. I think, you know, the, the, the subject of today's episode stats could have been things that teams aren't getting roasted for. Like, we've, we've thrown out a lot of things that, like, teams were not properly roasted for. It was a fun, like, week. I don't think the Panthers are roasted enough for bringing Cam Newton back. Like, they clearly used him to, you know like stir up nostalgia from people. That's all that was. Like they were clearly trying to deflect. And you know, what I will give them at the very least is like when the commanders retired Sean Taylor's jersey, that was trying to deflect from some horrible stuff happening to the organization. At the very least, the only thing the Panthers were trying to deflect from was how bad they are as a football team, not them being terrible humans. But um, but that's all it was. I mean, and I, I wish it wasn't true because I love Kim. I would love to have believed that they were sincere about it, but they were very clearly all about just trying to trying to convince people that they were not a dumpster fire, and they very much are. And you should want to be a dumpster fire. Let me rephrase. If you're already on fire in the NFL, instead of bringing in Cam Newton to try and put the fire out, let it burn to the ground so you get the higher draft pick. Like it was a it was a dumb thing to do. That's the wow. thing. Now you sound like Steven Ross. How dare with you. the Matt with the Matt Rule like era, they just seem to stack bad decisions one on top of the other it just keeps getting worse every time you think they can't make another dumb decision they come along and do something you cannot believe and so again reportedly here we are right they're going to make a big quarterback move this offseason maybe they trade for Deshaun Watson and maybe he wins 12 games and everything is great but I've also seen Deshaun Watson lead the NFL in passing and not sniff the playoffs so we'll see all I'm saying is Matt Rule should have been on your list. You are 100% wrong. I apologize. I am 100% right. I'm smart. You're dumb. I'm good looking. You're not attractive. Wow. And I think you should just remember this for future shows.
What happened to all the goodwill I built up with putting Frank Reich on the list? I'm totally so glad gone. you put him on the list, RJ. Good for you. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, whatever. I mean, dude, like, the, like what What do the Panthers have going on? Like, the Panthers Nothing. are so... Like, they have crap players for the most part. They have the worst uniforms in the NFL. And whoa. Christian McCaffrey agrees with me that they need to get a uniform change. Because I talked I, to him last year at the Super Bowl, and he's on board. I think they need a new logo. That's what I think they need. Not a new uniform. I like the colors. I like the Great general. Colors. Yeah, but like the logo is stupid. Like it's it's awkward. Like it's. I think this should be your general rule of thumb for if your logo is cool as an NFL team. Would an eight-year-old want to draw it during class? <laughs> like, like that's a good. Kind of, and I know Sam Donald tried to draw it and and looked like an eight-year-old or it looked like an eight-year-old. Um, but yeah, dude. Um, man, just like disaster i i like i i don't know who this is a different show but like i don't know what i think of the nfc south like i like do the bucks need russell wilson do, like do, do the bucks need you know deshaun watson like they could stumble into this thing and that's well, i'm so into the favorite right now I, i'm so amazed that they you know and it I, like to me like everybody's like well brady retired like dude brady could have cakewalked to the playoffs again like that's to how i know that this dude's done because this is the easiest path that anybody has ever had to the playoffs um wh whoever's you know on the on the buccaneers this coming season um so yeah wow look at us look at us stats look at us all right so recap your list once more for people just so they have it in their heads Number one, um, you have you tried to be brave hot, Mike McCarthy. Number two, they told you not to eat it hot. Uh, actually, let me rephrase that. Number two, uh, I need a new measurement of hot. Um, number two, oh, you got in the shower and the water was hotter than you expected and it got on your back. And like, ah, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that's Matt Rule hot. Uh, number three, uh, they told you not to eat it hot, Ron Rivera. Number four, the general salsa at your would-be restaurant, Cliff Kingsbury. And number five, the first sip of a hot drink that hasn't cooled enough yet, Frank Gregg. I like your Matt Rule analogy about the shower being too hot because it's perfect because you're the one that sensed the temperature of the water of the shower <laughs> at your own house, and he still found a way to burn himself. So that is absolutely fantastic that, by you. That's such an uncomfortable moment. You know what I'm talking about where you're like, you throw your, you're like, ah, like it just, it's, it hurts. It, it hurts a lot. You got to figure out your own faucet there, RJ. Come What's on. the hottest food you've ever eaten? Uh, I had a, one of those, um, packy chips with the ghost, with the Reaper pepper, the, the chips that come in the coffin shaped box. I don't know any of the words you're saying. Honestly. Okay. So Travis Kelsey came on pro football talk and you know, he was pitching a product and the product that he was pitching are these potato chips that are super duper hot. So Florio at the time hit me up and was like, Hey, get some of those chips from Travis Kelsey. So I did. And we got, they sent us like a ton of them. And Mike was like, I don't need this many here. Give them to the crew. So we did. We, and we, as a crew, as a staff, we all gathered around and we, we ate, we broke this chip apart. Cause it was a bunch of us and it was one chip. Again, it comes in a box that's shaped like a coffin. What's and it called? Came, uh, I think it's called like the Pocky P-A-Q-U-I, something like that. It was a Carolina Reaper pepper. Oh, and they give you a glove with the chip because like, that's Whoa. how hot it is. They don't want you to touch it with your bare hands. And I just had a piece of it, RJ, a piece. And I thought I was going to die. Was the box yellow or red? Red. Oh, like and a skull? Yes. Which should yeah. have been my first clue, right? Like maybe don't eat this thing with a giant skull in the front. It like most things you eat it, right? You take a bite and the heat builds and it hits you and then it goes away. It fades away, right? 
This did not fade away. It stayed at like the hottest thing you've ever eaten. I ran to the cafeteria at NBC and I chugged a bottle of milk and it did nothing. It wouldn't go away. One of the people on the crew ate the chip and then didn't come into work the next day. It was the most uncomfortable I have ever been. I did not eat anything for the rest of the day. And when I got home, I had to lay down. I was sweating and I could not function for the rest of the day. Um, so the box uh, here, it is shaped like a coffin, but like um, like a wooden coffin that you would see in like. Um, yes, old school. Like, coffin. Like, a, like an old school Western movie. Um, it says inside one deadly black tortilla chip. And then it says one chip challenge. And then it says fear the Carolina Reaper, which is Matt Rule's nickname. Um, interesting. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. What's the hot, like last question here. What's the hottest food you eat on a regular basis? Hot sauce. That's not a food. All different kinds of hots, like crazy hot sauce. So tell people about this Carolina Reaper pepper though. Like what is the hot? Oh, what I is don't the know. I've already, I closed the tab when I, after I Googled it. So. <laughs> So I actually have a video. I I actually have a video of the me eating the chip. Should I post that to the SB Nation feed? I have a video like of my actual reaction when we ate the chip live. I think you have to at this point, Um, you know, so we can all see and laugh at you. um, So honestly, yeah, there is a scale. It's called the Scoville scale of like how hot things are. Right. And so, for example, like a jalapeno pepper is like between 2,500 and 8,000 Scovels. That's what it's called. So everyone, pretty much everyone's had a jalapeno pepper. You know, that's pretty hot, right? If you go up to the Reaper pepper, that's at the top of the scale. It's between 1.4 and 2.2 million Scovels. So that's how hot this thing is. It was insane. But if you ask me, I might do it again. Okay. I'm not a big hot food guy. Um, I love spicy food. I see like... What do you, like, how do you get your wings? You go to a wing restaurant, like what, what's your general wing decoration? Like what sauce or dry rub? Like what do you sauce. got? Sauce. I'm not a dry rub. Not as fun for me. I like a good sauce. A nice okay, but like, buffalo is, sauce. Are you getting, oh, so buffalo. But see, like, I don't like buffalo sauce. It's lame. I actually lame. don't like sauce on wings because when you dip it in the ranch, then the like sauce in the ranch starts to like intermingle and mix. And then you have, yeah, this that's when it gets new, good. Yeah. No. Uh, lemon pepper is the answer we were looking for. Um, or pepper. you would. Or the Desert Heat Dry Rub at Buffalo Wild Wings. Dry Rub. Too. Overrated. Dirty Wings. Those are good, too. You ever get Dirty Wings? I don't know what that means. Oh. You've said a lot of things. I don't know what they mean. All right. Well, I will tweet out the video if I can find it. I'm pretty at sure. At Stats on Fire. At Stats on Fire. Wow. Can... Appropriately on fire. Look at that. That's true. At that point, I very much was. He is RJ Ochoa at RJ Ochoa on Twitter. Download. Rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. It is the perfect time. We still have a ton of good stuff to look forward to this offseason. The combine, free agency, the draft. Perfect time to subscribe. Make sure you do. RJ, enjoy your Thursday. We'll talk to you next week. I love golf. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. 
So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.